Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. The Christian standard says this, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Let's pray together. We thank you, Lord. Uh, You know our heart, and we desire to live in obedience to do what you have for us today. I pray every one of us today, God, would hear from you, that our words would be yours, our thoughts would be yours, and most of all, God, that uh, we would be found doing those things which are pleasing in your sight. According to this passage, according to your saying, God, may we be givers and not takers in whatever that looks like in our life. And God, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for whatever you do. For we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. I guess I say it every week, but of all the strange and strong, what I would say about this passage is all of us need it. Uh, This is where we all live, every one of us. Because every one of us deal with other people. Jesus is teaching and he's talking about, just out of the blue, he talks about judging and condemning and forgiving. And then he goes into these two verses that sounds like the preacher's preaching on money today. Uh, That's a little bit of it, uh, but it's a lot more than that when you talk about giving. Uh, I really love this, and I think we need it, uh, truly. Uh, The reason I picked the word generosity for the the, uh, title, uh, naturally we think, okay, it's money again. But generosity is defined as the willingness to give away one's money, time, or other things generosity is when you're willing to give away something. And Jesus said, if one does that, it comes back to him from God and others. I don't know if you know the name Anne Frank. Um, I'd heard that name and some of the things I do around it. And of course, for some years have known it. But Anne Frank was an amazing young lady. She only lived to the age of 15 years of age. Being Jewish, her and her family hid for approximately two years in like an attic in Nazi Germany. She didn't pass away because her life was taken from being a Jew. She passed away from a, a sickness, but she passed away since she was 15 years of age. Much like Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest, that his wife found his, his uh, devotionals, if you will, and, and uh, things he had written down and had it published, and it's become a bestseller for years and years and years. Um, her diary was found. And she said some amazing things. You ought to take it and go and look. You can find it very easily. But uh, she said something very unique for today's sermon. She said this, no one has ever become poor by giving. And, And in our mindset today, there's something about that if I give it, then I have less resources in my life. But Jesus comes along in this paradox and says, if you give it, I'll give it back to you and I'll give more than you gave. So we know that's a faithful principle that that some people struggle with that and they say, well, that sounds like, you know, hocus pocus kind of stuff. But does it work? To give. To be a giver, it takes energy and effort. (laughs) It doesn't just happen. It's not that some people have it and some people aren't. Some people are givers and other people are hoarders. No, it's something that you work at. I've often thought about the nursery and if your child's in there, I didn't go down on the nursery wing, so I'm not talking about your child. But if you want to understand the principle that I'm talking about, I've never been to a nursery and saw a one-year-old freely give their toy away to another one-year-old to play with it. But I've seen backs turned and it's mine and even fire come out of their ears 
if the other one tries to take it away. Why is that? Because in our fallenness, and, and I'm going to preach on some of this in, in January, I've been studying it, it's a Genesis issue. Because the fall of man, we have a sinful nature. And that sinful nature is it's mine. <laughs> when you're born again, and what God starts to do in your life is he shows you that we really don't have anything anyway. I'm just a steward of what God's given me, and I'm going to give an account for what I have one day when I stand in front of him. From, in all parts. And people say, are you just talking about money? No, it's just one part. I'm talking about health, I'm talking about life, I'm talking about voice, I'm talking about the way I carry myself, the way I respond to others, and on and on we could go. But it takes energy. And I want you to think outside the box of just something tangible. Follow along. Sometimes humanity deserves for us to give them the benefit of the doubt. <clears throat> to give. You and I make a, it's something that we do. We give the benefit of the doubt. We decide, no, I'm not going there. I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Another one that's a cousin to it is we give people a second chance. Aren't you glad for second chances? I would be pretty confident in believing none of us would be here today if it wasn't for a second chance in Jesus. Amen? I don't think anybody got right with God the first time. And I don't know if anybody stayed right after the first time. Aren't we glad that God gives us second chances? And yet he asked the same of us. Hmm. Another one I think about is we need to give a little grace to people from time to time. Uh, one of the principles of grace that God's taught me many years ago, and I have to remind myself daily, is that no one gets there by themselves. I've dealt with some horrendous things in people's lives, and I thought I saw it, and they were this, or they were that, and the other. And then when you find out and investigate, or maybe you're involved as a pastor, you realize that they didn't get there by themselves. Somebody put them in that state. Doesn't mean that we're not still accountable to God, that we change what we need to change. But we need to be reminded of that. Let me give you a couple more. We, and I use this a lot of times in marriage, but we give up to go up. You know, sometimes you can, you can monitor your relationships by how well you lose. If you've got to win every time, I guarantee you the relationships aren't going too well in your life. Because I know anything about relationships, sometimes it's better to eat where they want to eat than where you want to eat. That, that just brings, that, that, that causes me to have an upset stomach just thinking about it. Sometimes it doesn't have to be my way or the highway. See, sometimes we give up. Sometimes I'm less so that somebody else could be more. We got to get this principle, folks, because many times people miss it. And this is all about giving. It's not about taking. If you turn and say, I'm going to get my way, you're not a giver, you're a taker. And I'm talking about Jay as well. Let me give you one more. Did you know it's not one, two, or three, but it's four give? <laughs> it's just a play on words. Sometimes we need to be reminded that the word forgive has the word give in it. For us to forgive, we have to act on forgiveness. It's not something that just happens. Well, some people are just better at it than others. They're probably better at it because they've had more opportunities. They've walked in obedience more. Listen, I'll give you some more. Do you know Thanksgiving just around the corner? It's about giving. It's about us emotionally giving thanks to God that he's provided for us the way that he has. Christmas is right around the corner. Why do we give gifts? It's, it's symbolic of the greatest gift that was ever given for mankind. Jesus Christ took on flesh to, be, to die on a cross, and he did that for you and me, the greatest gift ever given. I got a bunch of more. I hope you can hang on. Why do we celebrate veterans next week? Because somebody was willing. They were willing to go to a place and shots be fired at them and lose their life. And I know it's not Memorial Day. They lived, okay? But they were willing and are willing today. So we should honor those folks that the freedoms that we enjoy today, they were willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice. Amen? 
What do we do at birthday? We give gifts. Mm. Think about that. We respond by going and buying something for someone else and we say that we love you and we care about you in the form of a gift. The, the nativity, yes, it's a plug for it, it's just advertisement, but it's about giving. We've had times where people say, well, that's my day, that's my weekend. Well, listen, if it's yours, you need to realize that we don't have a greater calling as a person, as a people, than to show the community the real reason for the season. And it's not a Christmas tree or Santa Claus or lights. It's the Christ child who came as a babe and was laid in a manger and eventually died on a cross so that you and I would have the hope of life today. Hmm. We've seen that great story that circulated in our church of a a young child that went through our nativity last year and, and then was, went home and began to build the nativity in his, on his floor of his room, if I remember correctly. And I thought, what an impact that that child will never get over. He saw clearly the Christ story that began in the garden and ended at the ascension. And bless God, he's coming back again. Amen? Oh, I'm excited. I hope you get a little bit of it too. Christianity in totality is about giving. Yes, sometimes money. But it's a lot more than that. You're giving, listen to me, it's a phenomenal context. Most people turn it off when they hear anything about generosity or they hear about giving because the preacher grinding on money again. Well, that's an aspect of it. I truly believe if he gets your heart, he gets your pocketbook. Amen. Now, this is the first service I had to amen my own preaching. So if you don't get with it, I'm going to come down there. You're giving in whatever capacity God moves on your heart. Listen, unlocks others' generosity. You got you to get this in the context of the story. See, you'll see it in a minute that, that God leads others to bless us because we're a blessing. So get that premise, all right? Great introduction. I hope that doesn't scare you. Let me give you some perspective. I call it powerful perspective today about this, and we all need it, including me. And the first one is the context of giving. Jesus was and is teaching this principle in the context of judging, condemning, and forgiving. Wow. He's preaching it that if, you, that if you want, you don't want other people to judge, then don't judge. For the same measure you judge, it says in another scripture, you're going to be, me you're going to be measured that way. You don't want to be condemned, then don't be in, get in a habit of condemning. Today we live in a day and age where everybody's got one of these. I'm not going to ask you to hold it up. I know it's in your lap right now. It's your precious thing that you're holding on to. <laughs> what would we do if this thing went away? But what I want to share with you today, the context of this giving is Jesus saying, be very careful for what social platforms to me have done in the 21st century. Is this giving everybody five minutes of fame? Everybody has an opinion. Everybody has something to say. Everybody has something to sum up. But be very careful if you go down the judging road and the condemning road and the unforgiving road, for you're not going to have much on your side if you go down that road. And now what we used to do in the closet and at the house and nobody really heard it, now it's out there for everybody to see. <laughs> Oh, good stuff. That's good preaching right there, too. I want to do something today. I want us to recite the Lord's Prayer together. Y'all read It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It's going to be up here. All right? And I'm going to read the first part. When we, get to the, when we get to the prayer, I want you to pray it with me, okay? And say it with me. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, you ready? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank some of you for standing. You can be seated. Make me feel bad for sitting on my stool. I want to show you something. I've told this for decades. 
a principle that God showed me. Jesus highlighted one thing after the Lord's Prayer, and it wasn't temptation. It wasn't God's place. It wasn't eternity and many other things that are in there. This is what he highlighted in verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The only thing that Jesus highlighted. The next verse, he goes into another thing in the Sermon on the Mount. Might hurt a little bit, and I'm not talking about you, okay? Because you're here. But I could name this many people in our church, part of our church, that don't come here anymore. And this is what I've heard, and this is what they've told me. I don't like talking about you talking about forgiveness all the time. Listen to me, church. If you don't get anything else, if the enemy so builds something in your life that you think God understands hatred and unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else, I just want to say it down. I don't want to offend you. I just want to say it's not in God's word. He didn't die for some. He died for all. And the same blood that came out of the Savior for my sins came out of the Savior for their sins. You might be exactly right. They might be the thug of all thugs. They might be the worst, most despicable thing that has ever been on the face of the earth as a human being. But that's not your place. And it's not my place. He didn't die for some. He died for all. The only highlight is that I want, I want God's forgiveness. Let me tell you, you want God's forgiveness? Are you here and want God's forgiveness? Aren't we glad we've been forgiven? Then how dare me? Keep that forgiveness for someone else. You can celebrate. Listen, this is where I got to go. I, I want you to get. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying what they did is okay or right and beneficial. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying at the end of it, why in the world would I allow some situation to go between God and me? Huh? I'm going to leave them to the Lord. I'm going to do what I need to do. Doesn't mean you have to invite them over for supper. But let's be truthful about it, all right? That's the context. And, and I said this, and I say it, it's powerful. Give it, and you will she- receive it. That's the context. Secondly, you have the concept of giving. You and I must be a giver, and we've got to be a giver first. It's not reciprocated. We, we take the initiative. See, the attitude precedes the action. <laughs> There's also an aim, and the aim is others. See, and I'll tell you something. I've told this before, but one of my, one of my wiles, if you will, one of the things that really trouble me when people talk about knowing the Lord, you're talking about it's the vertical and the horizontal of the cross, and it's all this kind of, people talk about, oh, oh, I love Jesus. And yet if you bring somebody up, their steam comes out of their ears, and they have a countenance change and all this. And we think God understands that. No, no, no. The concept of giving is this. And I want to show it to you in First John chapter 3, verse 14. We know that we pass from death unto life because we love our brothers. How many times, oh, he's talking about me, I'm not talking about anybody promise you nobody comes to mind if one comes to mind i'll say oh they just came to mind (laughs) nobody comes to mind but how dare me say how much i love god and then one of my brothers in christ one of my sisters in christ that the same blood has been applied to their account maybe we're different our personalities are different our loves are different our experiences are different we have all kind of we're just different you know and yet me turn around and say that i can harbor something and god makes that says that's okay it's not love the brethren and the fearful part of me is I've seen people in church work. I'm not talking about anybody at Lake Shores. I'm talking about before I came here, okay? I'm, I'm talking about people who've said things. And I thought one of the dangerous things I see in Scripture is that we know that we pass from death unto life because we love each other. I've seen some people go, wow. Now, grace kicks in, and sometimes people have a hard time with it. But this thing says man will affect men. Our, our, our examples will be experiences for other people's lives. <laughs> I love this one. I just heard it lately. Somebody told me I went and found it. But uh, Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife, said this about marriage, and I love it. She said, a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. 
Now, now I pose a question for y'all. I mean, a, a comment. Really, and I ask you a question. Don't you imagine in mine and Suzanne's 34 years of happy bliss together that uh, she's a much better forgiver than I am? Would you agree with that? I know she is because I've given her more opportunity to forgive me than she's given me to forgive her. Huh, pretty, that was pretty good right there, Suzanne. That's, that's pretty sappy. Let me give you two more. When I think about this perspective we're talking about, there's also a visual that's in this passage. It says that when you give, others will give it back. God will instruct, God will put it on people's heart that others will give back to you. And it will be pressed down, shaken together, running over. And it won't just stay in the, the vessel of your life, but it will flow over onto your lap. That's a pretty good visual, isn't it? If you like visuals. And so what does that mean? It means that you take out this blessing jar, if you will, and as God starts to fill it up, which is you, you shake it and, and it all goes to the bottom so it can hold more and it keeps shaking it and, and before long it's running over. See, we don't serve the God of lack, folks. There's people who say, why doesn't God do it? Many times God doesn't do it because we haven't given him something to work with. <laughs> God doesn't bless a mess. He doesn't bless us arbitrarily. He blesses us when we bless him. And when I operate in obedience to his word, God will bless. Oh, listen, it's a full life. When you do whatever that original thing is right, whatever it is, it comes back to you. But there's also the opposite. You want me to show you the opposite found in the word of God? It's a very critical time. Found in Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, it says, if you sow the wind, you'll reap the what? The whirlwind. In other words, it just doesn't come back to you in the same capacity. If you do it the right way, it comes back to you more. Follow me now. If you do the wrong thing, it comes back to you more. You know, if I go around my life like I'm sucking on a lemon, I think I'm going to have a great day. No, it's going to be worse. Because it's there. God's principle of it is you sow it in one capacity, God gives it back. Or the world aspect of it gives it back to you more. The container of giving. Love that. It comes back to you. And then the last one is this. It's the conclusion of giving. Again, it's the last part of that verse number 38. It comes back to you. The same measure that you measure it, it's going to come back to you and more. It's the conclusion. Uh, how many of you have heard in your lifetime, uh, you can't outgive God? <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up with that saying, you can't outgive him. And I thought, boy, you need to see that. You cannot outgive God. You can't outgive him. Also others, it says that we'll be compelled to give. And don't miss this, I believe God moves on others. In your obedience, God blesses. He puts so much in your lap. <laughs> Even the writer in the Old Testament said, see, if God won't pour you out a blessing, that there won't be room to receive it. Wow. Never be without. Here's, here's what you got to get. If you want forgiveness, then you got to give it. Thank you, Miss Marianne. If you want forgiveness, you got to give it. If you want love, <laughs> you got to give love. If you want hope, you got to give hope. You want honesty from others, you got to give honesty. And I could put a thousand more in there because it's the principle hmm, that's there beyond the product. It's the principle that makes it happen. Wow, we missed that. Heard of a story one time of a lady that was a devout lover of the Lord believed God for everything, and she was really having a tough time, insomuch she didn't have money for groceries. 
She would pray often, sometimes on her porch, sometimes loud. She would say, Lord, I've trusted in you. I need groceries. She knew or didn't know next door to her was an atheist, lived next door to her, and he heard her pray. He said, I'm going to fix this believer once and for all, this folktale, crazy fable stuff. He went down to the grocery store and bought her all kind of groceries, bags of groceries, came and put them on her porch. When she opened the door, she screamed out, praise the Lord, God has answered my prayer. To which the atheist jumped out from behind the bushes and said, no, he didn't. I bought them. Well, she said, I knew the Lord was going to do it, but I didn't think he'd use the devil to make it happen. (laughs) Maybe, just maybe when you and I do the right thing, if God can put the money in a fish's mouth for somebody to pay their taxes, don't you know he can take care of you and me? Some say, preacher, that's just a bunch of baloney. Well, what we might need to do is buy some bread and some mayonnaise and make us a sandwich out of it. Wow. I love the story, and the principle is so true. Here's where I want to end. We hear you got what you deserve. Or you give it and you get what you deserve. Jesus said you get what you give. See, we're about restitution. <laughs> God's about relationship. The Word of God endorses and embraces this strange but strong reality over and over again. Someone said, well, Brother Jay, that's not right. We, we didn't get what we deserved. We're all sinners that have just been converted. Shouldn't we just, we deserve hell? Shouldn't we have just gotten what we deserve? Well, let me explain to you why. You know why we didn't get that? Because it was put on Jesus. Hmm. You and I get a pass. We get heaven. We get forgiveness because the sin was put on him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins, our sins, in his body on the tree. So that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. <laughs> you have been healed by his wounds. Oh, listen. That's why we don't get what we deserve, folks. <laughs> There'd be no hope for us. The wrathful eye of God, the wrathful heart of God has been changed when he looks at you and me because all of the wrath was put on Jesus for you and me. And the wrath has been changed into love because he put the wrath on Jesus. Wow. The best I've ever heard about giving in all aspects of life, not just money, but all of it, can be summed up in three areas. And here they are. I want to give them to you. Time, talent, and treasure. (laughs) How many times people say, we don't have time. Preacher, sounds good. I hope nobody's turned me off. Well, you know, that nativity sounds good. I appreciate what we do in the community, but I don't have time. I hope you recant what what we've already talked about. Time. See, when we realize that that clock that's going on in every one of our lives is that that clock of stewardship and accountability that I'm going to give to God for what I did with time. But then there's talent. I love American Idol. I love America's God talent. I don't care much for the voice. The, the whole swing in the chair thing don't do much for me. I haven't watched much of that. But I love American Idol. And, and I sure love America's God talent. It's all over YouTube, Facebook, and all that. You can just see it all the time. Some amazing talent that people have in the world. You know what I'm talking about? Amazing abilities that God's given people. But listen to me very carefully. I think it's very sad when you have talent and ability that God gives you and you don't create a format to tell the world that I have what I have and I am what I am because of Jesus Christ and his blessings on my life. 
I'm just stating the obvious. Somehow we become, hey, look at me, and just remember God didn't have to give you what he gave you. You didn't have the, fa- you didn't have to have the favor of God or the fortune of God or God's abilities on your life. Those doors that you think you open, God Almighty was on the other side just orchestrating his will in your life. The talent, hmm, the abilities that God's given us. Then thirdly, about treasure. Yes, this is the money part, but you need to hear it. My favorite ver- one of my favorite verses in all the word of God, you hear it so many times, but it's a staple, folks, for us to be reminded. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, it says this, Let him that stole steal no more, but let him labor with his hands the thing which is good, so that he'll have to give to him who needs. I want to remind you, we live in a day and age, and I can give you a big history lesson, I'm not a history buff. But before World War II, it was unbelievable how most of the families, the vast majority of families in our country had one income. Daddy went off to work, and Mama stayed at home, and she raised the kids. Let me say this, there's nothing wrong with a woman being at the house with the kids. We have problems in our world that are part of this. But when men went off to war, there was manufacturing jobs, and there was issues that we had in our country, so women went to work. But what happened in World War II is that when the men came home from war, women stayed at work. And now the vast, vast majority of families in our world have two-income families. And we've created houses that have to be paid for and vehicles have to be paid for and hobbies that have to be paid for. So everybody's working. And I think there's a great price that we pay with kids and teenagers today because nobody's at home. But I just want to tell you this. Suzanne's been working for 31 years as a teacher. She's not retired yet. She wants to. But I haven't sensed God speak to me about that yet. (laughs) But I want to show you something. In all the working... And all the money, and all the savings, and all the money market, and all the money that we have in the bank, and all the money that we got in a safe place. Here's a verse that comes along and reminds us that God didn't give me resources to pay, just to pay the light bill and pay health insurance. He didn't just do that for me to raise my kids and pay car notes and pay the mortgage. God wants us to have a resource at our disposal that at any time he moves on our heart, I can bless someone else. How dare me think it's just for me? The church should be the most benevolent place on God's earth because we understand this principle. Mm, That's a pretty good money statement right there, isn't it? Is that if you have, God wants to use you to be a giver. Mm, Well, I can't. I got too many obligations. Well, here's a thought. Bring your obligations to the Lord and let God clean some off your plate so you can be challenged by Almighty God. Hmm. Dave Ramsey's not the only one that says you need a for sale sign on it. God's word does. And I'm saying, listen, we need to get this. I need to have monies in my pocket, sometimes in my back pocket, so I can minister to someone. But if I'm so choked by the world that I live in that I can't be challenged by God, I need to have God help me to change my challenge, my choking. How choked I am. I didn't get that carried away in the first service. Y'all must need it. We need to be reminded that part of relationship is resources, folks. I don't throw my kids under the bus, but I do. There, there's, a, there's a love part of this thing that my kids know they're my kids. You hear me? They don't, they don't stutter when they need something. They almost look like lawyers. <laughs> you know? It's like, a, we need this and you're obligated. Uh-huh. You and mama had fun and conceived us, now you're obligated. What am I saying? Part of relationship is resources. Don't ever forget it. I'm, I'm done except to tell you this, and I want you to see it. If you want something, if you want it, 
You want forgiveness? Then get it. Hmm. If you want it, make sure you give it. Scripture says, if you want friends, you know what it says? Be friendly. Give, and it shall be given unto you. 